Good morning, Napa Valley lovers. Today's guest is Bob St. Laurent, the morning voice of Napa Valley here on our FM station, KVYN. He wakes us up every morning with his good cheer, music, stories, and boy, does he got some stories for us today. He has been around the valley a while. He's a local celebrity. He emcees. He's a musician, DJ, does charity work. He's got stories that go back into rock and roll legend. And if you stick around after the main part of the show, he came back and delved a little deeper into his uh, into his history being part of the Rick James entourage band songwriting crew. So stick around for that afterwards. In the meantime, come see me here in Napa Valley. That's right. Judd's Hill is on the south end of Silverado Trail amongst the verdant vines here in our wine country. We're open daily. Visiting information is on our website, www.juddshill.com. Check it out. Have a look around. Maybe even uh, put some wines in your shopping cart. We'll send them to you. We've got lots of good stuff for you to enjoy. And when you do, type in JNVS, Judd's Napa Valley Show, just JNVS in lowercase letters, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. While you're online, have a look at our wine club. I guarantee tons of fun for all of our wine club members. It's free to join. You'll get great wines. You'll get invitations to parties and events. And you know, you just can't go wrong. You've got my word on it. Looking forward to seeing you here in the Valley. Until then, enjoy today's show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a fantastically fun Finkel Fest. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know. From witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio. In the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Fingelstein. Thank you very much, Lauren Mole. Top of the day, Judd. Top of the day, Lauren. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm fantastic. What are you doing? Well, I have some exciting news to tell you. Tell us all about it. I have not one, but two events coming up. Number one, yes. I have another event coming up with Everybody is a Star. Well, actually, make that two. Okay. This this Friday, uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th, I will be in Santa Rosa with Everybody is a Star. But unfortunately, we won't be performing our videos, though. We'll just have like this this booth uh, telling people about the foundation. Right. And do you want to just give a quick plug what the foundation does? Let's let us know right now. Uh, sure. Uh, Everybody is a Star, based out of Sonoma, provides special needs youth the opportunity to work with, uh, with the music industry. Yes. And to help make them make music videos. And folks can find out more at everybodystar.org. Yes. And you can see your Lauren Mole starring video. That's right. And as speaking of which, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, uh, we're doing a, a, a Warriors game uh, coming up March 9th. We're back at it with the Warriors again. We'll be singing the national anthem. And can folks get tickets at the everybodystar.org website? Do they go to the Warriors? I believe they can. That's March 9th. Yes. At the Oracle Arena. Yes. In Oakland. Yes. Starring Lauren Mole. Yes. Fabulous. And I'm happy to say I'll be I'm gonna be part of a brand new TV show. Well, not all the time though. Just sometimes though. Maybe just once in a while. 
And I think you I think you said you brought notes along with it too. Not much. I had just heard that you are going to expand. Well, you've already been doing TV with the Artie Party show here in Channel 28 in Napa every Wednesday evening. You are the in studio, on air, on camera announcer. That's right. But now you've even landed another TV shot on uh, Comcast cable. That's right. So now I'm going to be on two Comcast channels, Judd. You are amazing. I I I I knew you when. Yep. And now look at you, shining bright all over the TV. That's right. You're doing your first taping February 15th. Will that show air the same day, or it'll air? Uh, later? We we tape it in advance. Oh, I see. You'll let us know when that show will be on. Right. Fabulous, Lauren. Great. That's wonderful. Sure. Shall we introduce today's guest? <laughs> sure. Why not, Judd? <laughs> I think it's a swell idea. Absolutely. With his microphone, buttons, and the occasional knob, waking us up is his daily job. Not in a mean way, so please don't sob. As we greet him here to the show, good morning, Bob! <laughs> hey, Bob. Can we give Lauren some love on that one? Do you have, you a, betcha. Do you have an applause button in here? Give it. Give Lauren big love. Nice. You're going to have to stop by my studio and do that for me. Yeah, That's I, right. Yeah, now I, I feel come. like I'm somebody. It's yeah. good morning, yeah, Bob. Bob, i got to come back, Bob. Yes, I believe you should, Lauren. I'm sure. right next door. Oh, yeah. Right. Bob St. Laurent, you win the prize for the least amount of distance traveled to be our guest on Judd's Napa Valley show. Ever. Ever. You, I mean, I see you every time right through this glass window right here. Uh, you do the morning show at KVYN. Yep. You just finished your shift. You walked out the door, made a left, made another left into this studio, sat down, and started this show. It was a good 12 feet, Judd. I had to get some water <laughs> along the way, but uh, but I made it, and I feel good about it. And actually, I'm still on the air. I had to do some tricks to come over here to see you. Oh, that's right. You're working both right now, aren't uh, you? I'm on both. I'm on air right now. Okay. Well, but let's not tell anybody because I don't want to get caught and have people know that I can actually do that trick. You are magic. Magic Bob. Thank you. You are the voice, the morning voice of Napa Valley. I don't know how that happened, Judd, except for I got lucky. Really? How did, how did you get in? I mean, I want to hear. You have so many stories to tell. But since we brought it up, how did you find yourself in the world of radio, and especially here in Napa Valley? The, the world of radio, not too different. I mean, that one started, I was on Kelly's show like four times doing interviews. Mm -hmm. So on the fourth interview, Jimmy and I, of course, James Patrick Regan, my guitarist from the Deadlies, Kelly said, uh, you know, I could really use a co-host. And Jimmy said, um, don't kid, because he'll show up. And I said, I'll see you Monday morning. And she said, okay, be here Monday morning. Yeah. I never left. I'm the guest that wouldn't leave. That's how it happened. You that was it. I came, and then I ended up doing surf reports for about a year. I remember and I those. got the Bob show Friday nights. Right. Did that for a couple of years. Co-hosted with Kelly for four years. And then uh, Kelly moved on to the jazz world, and mm -hmm. then it was between me, Greg Kinn, and some other human, and uh, I won. <laughs> Mazel tov. Thank you, sir. Here we are. And here we here are. Here we are talking. All right. Well, now that that story's out of the way, <laughs> we learned that yeah, about that's, you. Yeah, we already know. Let's go back, because you are, you become a big personality here in Napa Valley through radio, through music with your band, The Deadlies, through, you appear at a lot of charity events, you MC things. You know, not, I bet a lot of people don't know your whole background. They just figure, it's, it's Bob, here he is. He's a Napa Valley personality, but... You haven't always been in Napa Valley, have you? You're, no. You're from back east originally, eh? I am. I'm from New Hampshire. But you know what? Before we forget, Judd, as long oh. as we're on the now bio. Okay. See, this is what's interesting, what people don't know, including yourself. I've just lost control of the show, Lauren. Do you see what Did happened? You hear well, this is what's going to happen when you get two host, hosting together. Exactly. Yeah, but except it's, it's just across the hall, not really across town. That is correct, sir. We're saving gas and the earth oh, two men at a time. I have a television show. Okay. It opens its 10th season this Saturday evening. Oh. Thank you, Lauren. 
will be season 10 opening. Uh, we're up about 130 shows so far. It's called Creepy Coffee Movie Time on ABC. I'm sure you've never seen it, Judd, because no, it's once. on 11 o'clock at night. I've never been up that late in my life. That's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. No. I Actually, I've partied with you. I know you have. But the show starts. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an adult show on coffee. So there you go. Here's the format I'm taking with today's show. Free will? Let's just put this... I'm going to put this out here because, um, you know, I am a, I am a professional. I always prepare for my shows, and I like to find out. I did a little researching about you, and it's interesting. You're sort of a man of mystery. There's tons of stuff online about Bob St. Laurent, about... You Googled deadlies. me? Of course I Googled you. Me. Did you enjoy that? Okay, so That's it's cool. about, you know, about the band The Deadlies, which we'll talk about. About you being the on-air personality here, which we'll talk about. About your emceeing, about the charity work. But there's not much about you personally. So I don't really have a whole list of personal things to delve into. So what I'm going to do, and I have no doubt this is going to work because you are a professional talker. So I feel I'm not going to have to draw you out with questions. I think maybe I'll just mention things and just let you go. That's probably the best move you could make. Yeah, I think that's what's <laughs> going to happen. The best move. And uh, so creepy coffee movie time was on my list to just mention that. And then there I was going, you're, you're come on, on John, it. I'll drive. Let me take it. Well, tell what's the format of that show? It it's, seems kind of creepy. It's creepy. It Basically, it's creature feature mm-hmm. meets Elvira. Right. With about eight Elviras. Eight Elviras? There's a lot of Elviras. And they're, and they're many different ages. And we have a wide spectrum of Elviras that probably wear a lot less than her. It's an adult show. Right. And basically we make fun. You remember the Science Theater 3000? Oh, sure. Yeah, Mr. They Science Theater, it? yeah. Okay. Love it. We do that, but with live characters. So we have a demon, mm-hmm. who, and then we have uh, No Name from 105. He uh, plays a dead Elvis. And uh, believe me, I've <laughs> never introduced him or shown Lisa Marie any of those shots. No. Nor even told her about the TV show, because I'm not sure how that would go. So it's basically hmm. those two are the hosts, and of course the Deadlies are the cave band, and then we have what's called Cave Girls, yeah. which would be your Elvira parts, and mm-hmm. we have a fact rat. A what so now? A rat. A rat. Who's always, if we have a fact that we need to check, we check with the fact rat. Oh, okay. He sits at a desk and hands us our facts. You know, we fact check through a rat, mm-hmm. and uh, basically just make fun of really bad movies, horrible movies, yeah. bad horror films. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Do you know the horror host, Mr. Lobo? Yes. Yeah, he says they're not bad films. They're just misunderstood, I believe is his tagline. Or dry or <laughs> grainy or lack of lyric. But but the worse it is, the more fun we can have making fun of it. Now, your role on that, you, you're in the band. It's the house band. You right. kind of play in and out with the commercials. We or do whatnot. the ins and the outs as well. We have what's called, uh, here we go, 60 Seconds of Horniness. And so what we do is we play happy songs like I'm a Believer or uh, or some uh, Motorhead. You never know. We let the girls pick. Yeah. And then we have a stage, and they get up and they groove for 60 seconds. So like ghoulish go-go dancing? Ghoulish go-go dancing. Very nice, Judd. Good call. For 60 seconds. For of... 60 seconds of grinding wow. on a stage. So that's one bit. Then we do other bits where they bring in. They once had me eat gross food. I won't do that one again. As a matter of fact, Jimmy, yeah, I ate it. They put stuff in a blender. You know, like what you see on shows. Oh, like the basomatic. Yeah, like mm. take the old egg and, the, and then some squid sauce or something. And and I honestly was was snorting, breathing like fish juice in my nasal passages for three days. And, oh, and, and It was not cool, Lauren. <laughs> and uh, Jimmy made a roll as well as I did that I will never do that bit again. There'll no. be no more 
eating yucky stuff. I don't like it. I can't get it down anyway. Well, why would you want that? I mean, you are an adventurous guy. So I had to but, give it a shot. But but that's it. But not in food. Are you normally an adventurous eater? I I, no, I don't. Not really. I mean, I suppose our our escargot is that adventurous? Snails? Why not? In this it's, culture, sure, that's considered but around here. It's kind of common. I, I like the snail. Yeah. I like raw fish. Okay. I don't know if that's exotic. Not really so much. I like the fish. Anything tropical. Okay, and that's your vibe. That that well, you, that's it. You found yourself in, in Hawaii, living there for quite some time, right? Quite some time. Yeah, I owned a uh, art and flower gallery, the mm-hmm. Paia Art and Flower Gallery, as well as the Maui Flower Gallery. Sold the uh, flowers and art, mm-hmm. crap, as I call it, Judd. Oh. I made all my money on crap. No kidding. What type Magnets of crap? Magnets and T-shirts and stuff. You know, tourists want stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. You just need little keepsakes to bring home. What brought you out there? Was it the surf? To surf. I need an excuse to live there and make a living, and I figured out quickly working for someone was not going to keep me where I needed to be, so mm. I better start a business. And it right. just so in about three months, we were making money. And literally, my back door was Paia Bay, so I could, at lunch, go right out my back door, yeah. go about 50 yards across my friend Yorg's lawn, and <laughs> paddle out. Wow. So I could paddle out for lunch, paddle out before work, paddle out after work, always had family swim at 6 mm. o'clock. Yeah, living the life. That was not bad. How, long, was, were, how long were you in Hawaii? For a few years. I mean, I've been going back and forth. I'm there a lot, and I go every year, of course. But I was there solid for a few, about five years off and on. You still have the shops there? No, I, no. I closed up the shop, and I and I started HawaiianTropicalFlowers.com. Had that for a few years, and then I sold it to uh, another company who's huge that was killing me. Oh. So I went, why don't you just buy it? So I sold it to them because I was here, and I didn't have the time oh, to, to beat them. And they were their advertising money was more than I made in a year. So right, I, I right. I can't beat you, and I'm not going to say who they are. But I sold the company to them. That's tough to compete with. So when you go back, you're not going back to keep an eye on the shop. You're going back just to surf, see friends, hang no, out. No, I just hang out, surf. That's it. I unplug. We turn off the. Uh, we turn off everything. I get, literally get on a bicycle. I rent, a, I, I rent an old pickup truck. Yeah. I don't rent a new truck. I have a friend who rents a wreck. I get a nice Hawaiian pickup uh-huh. with, like, you know, one of the windows doesn't work, smells a little like pee, and I don't have to worry about <laughs> rolling up the windows or where I park it. I can park anywhere on the side of a hill, and nobody's going to go in my truck. Right. So, no, I become, I try and become as native as possible quickly. Mm-hmm. And then I park that truck. The truck's only to go up the hill for groceries. The rest of the time, bicycle. How nice. So I can go I can go about 10 days without a car. And do you totally unplug? Or do yeah. you bring your bass? Does that pl- get plugged in? I bring my acoustic bass. Ah, so you are unplugged. And I don't. But we do. Jimmy and I head out to the beach. We have family jams. Mindy's jammed. We've had many people join us for jams. But we have beach jams and campfires every night. And we do night surfing. Oh, that's fun. a big thing. We wear the glow necklaces so I can count everybody. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm always on duty as safety officer Bob. Keep an eye on everybody's kids. Just make sure they all get color-coded. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. People are trusting you to... Yeah, because, well, in the water, I'm pretty quick. So okay, if, uh, if a kid goes down, I can go find him and grab him real quick. All right, but no one's calling you to babysit like on a Saturday night. Or... No, no. But they can join me at the bonfire, and I'll keep an eye on everybody <laughs> in the water. There you go. That sounds like quite a life, man. That's just a little brief chunk of the year. That sounds That sounds fantastic. It's your tropical vibe. It's It's... Get off the planet. It's get off the grid, you know, and it works. So here you play surf music. The Deadlies is a, you know, kind of a hard edge with a little country thrown in, surf band. But when you get to Hawaii, is that what you're doing? Or are you getting more into the traditional Hawaiian music? Because I know Jimmy, he plays, he plays slack the, key the slack beautifully. Key, and he's trained with Caleb Beamer and all right. that. You know, the greatest. The, sure. You all, you know all those guys. So he's yeah. hung out with them and he does the band camps with them, Aloha Music Camp. Mm-hmm. And, 
and that. So we end up sort of, yeah, it gets, of course, the vibe turns more Hawaiian. But then we usually have a show once we're leaving the island. So we tend to acoustically practice on our lanai uh-huh. for the set that's coming up whenever we get home. Oh, okay, okay. So we mix it. But at the beach, no, we just fun. Sing-alongs, you know, like you would. Same thing you'd do. Yeah. The um, Kanakapila, Little Melee. There you go. Yeah. So that's what I was saying. Hey, by the way, was that the king that does your intro? The, the your king, the, the intro to oh, your king show. ukulele. Yeah, the is that our king theme ukulele? song. It's not. It it sounds similar, doesn't it? it? Well, it's got the ukulele. Most people ask if it's me playing, and it's not me either. It's Gordon Lustig. Oh, Napa Valley's mad musical genius, Gordon Lustig. He sent me that as a demo for the theme song, and I said, you know, that's it. You don't even don't don't polish it up, man. That's perfect. Just you solo ukulele. There it really, is. and you yeah. just kept it. See, you like it. it. You like it dry too. Just I, give me I the like rough. Simple. Well, it, I like the snap, crackle, pop, Judd. I have invited. I have invited folks to send in their version if they would like to record that. I'll play it on the air, and I'll even offer them a five-minute interview to talk about their band, their singing career, whatever it is. Um, if they'll send me an MP3. So far, I've gotten emails, you know, asking about. Doing that, but nobody's actually sent it in. So if you know know any musicians would like to cover our Judd's Napa Valley Show theme song, we will play it on the air, and we will have you on the air as um, you know a little promotion for the band and wow and whatnot. Well, I will do one for you just to do one for you because it'd be fun. I think it'd be great. I think we were already yeah. I was working on something. You've been writing some music anyway. I like the way you write. We're (laughs) actually going to bring Judd does some good writing for those of you who don't know that. I'm stealing one of his songs for the Deadlies. Thanks, Bob. Oh yeah, (laughs) appreciate that. Let's talk about the Deadlies then. Oh, okay. Okay, you have a long and storied music career. Yeah. It it didn't begin with the Deadlies. It no. begins a long time ago. Oh, this Does is this where begin? We're gonna date me. Yeah, well let's let's go back. I, I want the full arc. So go yeah. back as far as it goes and bring me to today with all of the iterations, the the hard rock scene, the the surf scene, whatever you've been into. All right, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version, if possible. Go ahead. We've got about you know thirty minutes worth of airtime. You that can would give me be the that full version. version. Uh, well, that okay. is the Reader's Digest. That is version. the right Uh-oh. Reader's Digest. Actually, right. no, it, it started off, and and many people know this, but Jimmy and I were working together. 30 years ago. So we had a band called St. Laurent back in the 80s, probably 84, 5 started. And by 86, we were signed with Bill Graham Presents. By 87, Mm -hmm. we were playing some pretty big shows with Ted Nugent and different things like that, opening for big bands. What was the music? Rock and roll. Rock. Just rock. Like hard rock. Hard rock. Hair rock. rock, Hair. Hair. But it was it was Motley Crue days. You so know. you've got you you know you're known for your long curly hair, which you're sporting right now. But did it used to be up and big and frizzy? Yeah, it would go up as well as down. Oh really? So up over <laughs> down like a lion's mane. Actually, yeah. Nikki Six had nothing on me. Trust <laughs> mine's natural curl. He had to woof his. Right on. But yeah, we started off. So we were doing that, and then I had to break off for a second because I was young and didn't realize, and I just wanted to branch out and learn more so i left my band to go play with rick james and i went to hollywood and that lasted for oh about nine months of living at the chateau Marmont. and i figured out okay maybe not well how'd you hook up with rick james was it the hair you both had the long curly hair he was doing a show in oakland and i just happened to like you know what he was doing at the time we met he ended up at my house we ended up doing i had a studio at my house in san Antonio at the time mm-hmm. we did some work overnight Partying, you know, back in the day. Yeah, I won't ask. Yeah, it was just like, you know, another day. It was back yeah. in the 80s. So from there, it turned into, do you want to do some ghostwriting for the Mary Jane girls? And I'm sure. So you know, one thing led to another. Next thing you know, I'm living at the Chateau Montmartre, <laughs> wearing sable 
long, long coats. Those aren't cool anymore, oh, by dear. the way, Lauren. Those are bad. Fur no, coats no. are bad. Ah. But, you know, and driving the silver cloud around, I think I was 22. And I oh, lost, you know, I was just, and it was a bad move. Driving a silver cloud, yeah. wearing silver sable. Yeah. You were the silver surfer. I was the silver surfer. <laughs> oh but goodness. at the time, I was doing more partying than surfing. And as soon as I was actually fired from Motown in Stone City, I went surfing for about a year. Mm. And then back to Jimmy, and we put the band back together. Gotcha. What a time. So that, you know, that was just the sort of the beginning, and then from there... I kind of want to know more, but I'm not going to ask, because this is, you know, broadcast radio, and there's probably That's a lot correct, of sir. We can talk about. at one of your many, many parties that you have up at your, uh, <clears throat> at your place. We'll bring you out for the podcast version and oh, delve deeper. Oh, there you go. Yikes. Okay, so Rick James, I really got to know more about that. Folks, stay tuned for the podcast version. Maybe we'll ask Bob if I'll he can stay a little longer. i on Rick and his shenanigans. yeah. yeah. By the way, there is a podcast version of the show. I think Bob knows that if you go to iTunes, right. type in Judd's Napa Valley Show, and several of those shows do have extra content that were not on the broadcast version, so you can delve a little deeper. But I think really? we're going to do that with Bob if he has Let's some time. Let's do that. Bring the pirate, too, because I like him. Yeah, okay, so Rick James. Yeah. Ended your uh, crazy relationship there. Yeah, that one was. Uh, what yeah. were you doing? Were you playing bass, playing bass and ghostwriting? And Rick wrote everything, but yeah. you know, like you know, I sat in a couple gigs when Tom couldn't make it. He always here's the truth, Judd. Yeah. He needed one token white boy. That was it. And I didn't mind being that token white boy because I not. thought, hey, 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 because you're 22 years old. I'm 22, and I'm hanging out with the boys, and they were big time at the of time. Course. So I thought, no, this is good. Very good. Right until the part where I got fired, but that's okay. I'll tell you how that all went down on the podcast. All right, I'm looking forward to it. So from there, it was back up here, and then, uh, you know, Bill Graham Management, we did that for a while. And then as it slowed down a bit, I got into, because having the Bill Graham company behind me, I was got some work. Mm -hmm. And thought, well, we're not touring much, so can I work? Started as security, didn't have the... Uh, didn't have the uh, attitude for security because I don't like people jumping on my head when I'm standing in the front row. So Oof. that lasted about three months. Then I moved on to stagehand, from stagehand to stage production. And then from there, I just kept working for the company all the way until I got to be a production manager. Oh, really? So you were tight with the Bill Graham group. With the I am an honorary Jew. <laughs> I get to go to all the parties. Oh, it, it does. I wasn't aware. It takes a 25-year jacket. Actually, no, I think at 20 years I was actually invited. But I get to go to all the parties. We have, like, Carnegie Hall. They, or Carnegie sends the deli, sends in our food. Okay. Drink the, like the Yoo-Hoo's or Soho's or something. What are those things? Yoo-Hoo. Yoo-Hoo. Dr. Brown's yeah, soda. Whatever Bill's thing was. And we get the, the Rubens. They oh, come yeah. right from, you know, Carnegie. Uh-huh, sure. And so we have Bill Day. I, I attend all his parties. That's all, nice. All the family things. So there's still about 40 of us left. There was 360 of us, and then when the company diversified, everybody kind of spread out. Pompey went one way, and Barsodi the other. And mm. So you're saying you still get together and celebrate Bill? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Every year. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, once you're in the family, you're oh, in the family. Oh, that's wonderful. I mean, he's been gone now at 20-something years. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And I was with him that night. Were you really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were all screaming, don't go in the chopper. And chopper said, I don't want it. You shouldn't fly. Bill, take the car. Bill, nope. I want to get home. Really? Yeah. It was bad weather, huh? It was really bad weather. It was raining. And he was, well, just stay low. Well, that's how we hit the tower. Going uh, right across right here. Coming from the pavilion up there. Ugh. So that was a that changed the entire Bay Area music scene for everyone. Yeah, what did you see the change? Pay to play. It turned from work your butt off and you'll get what you get mm -hmm. because you work for it. Bill just had a work ethic like no other. Right. As soon as Bill was gone, it became a business of John Nady was the first one to just really put a stick in it. And he owned a club called the Omni in Oakland. At the yeah, time. I remember the Omni. He was the first one to make us pay to play. 
Really? They wanted people putting up, you know, if you had, you know, $800 worth of, like, they'd give you $800 worth of tickets. It was mm -hmm. up to you to sell them. Okay. And then out of that 800 you would get 200 or something. Really? Which never made sense to me. And I'm like, wait. The deal was I sell out the stone. The bar makes $12,000. I make $1,200. we have all won on this evening, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, that's win-win. Right? But they changed it to, well, we want to win three times, and you get next to nothing. And ever since, basically, bands don't get much unless you sell the tickets yourself. Wow. You're getting very little guarantees now unless you're a headlining act. And that all started when Bill left and John Nady switched it. Wow. And then the Bay Area followed in suit. So now pretty much you pay to play. At a club. So if you see folks playing, it's not basically because of their merit or... Yeah, if you don't know who they are and you're trying to figure out how are they in this club and there's only 14 people because they paid the house a 1000 bucks for the club and that was up to them to put the people in to make their money back. Okay. Unless, of course, you get to a certain point where you have records and then, and then at that point, you know, we've since passed that. But, okay. But it doesn't mean we're big money. Understood. No, you guys are good. So you... Worked for Bill Graham a long time. You yeah. ate a Reuben. You became an honorary Jew. That's right. What was the next step? Damn proud. <laughs> uh, from again. there, you know, I went, I went to Hawaii for a while, and then I came back, and I went back to the company, and, of course, we, uh, Jimmy said, let's do a surf band, and we started this deadly thing, and it took off quick. Next thing you know, we had Six Flags, uh, Discovery Kingdom. We had the W Hotels. Then the television show came along. That's been going for five years now. Wow. And then, you know, the last few years, you know, the acts I've been touring with. So it's... Uh, you know, well, let's we talk about them in it. just a moment. We do have to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Deadlies. We'll talk about your life as an adventurer. We'll talk about community involvement. It's Bob St. Laurent, the voice, the morning voice of Napa Valley on KVYN. Good morning, Bob. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. And now, here he is, Napa Valley's ambassador of good times and fine wines, John Vingelstein. That's very nice, Lauren Mole, but I bet you've got something regarding our guest today. On this fine Tuesday morning, in the heart of California's Napa Valley, in the United States of America... It's a battle of the stations. It's Bob versus Judd on Judd's Napa Valley Show. <laughs> yes, once again. Nicely, I, I'm going to need a copy of this. We're getting some promo stuff off of this. Nicely done, Lauren. I don't know if it's such a versus each other. We're just kind of getting to know each other. Well, there you go. Okay. It's, it's well, a, it's just across the hall, though. You're right. The window, it's through the window. We wave to each other. It's a very friendly... Um, uh, relationship between KVYN, KVON, Judd's Napa Valley Show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Bob. Oh, good morning, Judd. Hi. Thanks for morning, being here. Lord. Hey, morning, Bob. Thanks for having me all the way over. <laughs> You're welcome. All the way from, what you said, 12 feet away, 12 right? 12 feet away. Yeah. We were talking about the Deadlies. Yes. We had to take a break, but this is your band. Tell me more. I've seen you many times. I've even hired you. Yes, you have. Yes. And I appreciate that. I'm a, I'm a fan. And at any time. But in your available. own words, let's hear about the Deadlies. Well, uh, you know, we, we put it together. It didn't. It, it started hitting fairly well with all the accounts, but then along comes my friend Jack Douglas. Now, Jack, of course, you know who he is, and I've had him on the, uh, I had him on the Late Show, on the, the Bob big Show. Big music producer. Jack basically is the one who discovered Cheap Trick, Aerosmith, Blue Oyster Cult, Lou Reed, I can just keep going. He's just Patty Smythe. I mean, those were all his discoveries, not to mention John Lennon's best friend and the last man to see John Lennon alive. Okay. So 
basically once I had him on my show and he told that story. I'm sorry you weren't in the room that night. That was no, a good. That was a good night. But uh, Jack picked us up and decided. Obviously, I can't afford to pay Jack being in the realm that he's in right now. Mm -hmm. He did our first single for us, Hippie Grove, which is the one you now hear we're getting radio play all over. Oh, right on. So that's it's on our station, it's on the bone, it's on K Fog, it's on you know, you name it, it's on. But that's our single, and that was a gift from Jack. How nice. So from there To say the least. <laughs> to say the least yeah, yeah, big time because Jack is a little pricey. But uh, of course we'd like to thank uh, Chef Greg Cole, shameless self promotion. Greg always puts us up for dinner when Jack's in town. Ah but uh, so since Jack hit, we got the single, everything took off. Now we're out touring last year we were out with Lisa Marie Presley. Right. And we're going back out with her this year. And not telling her about the Elvis I don't ghoul tell her about from the TV Creepy show. Coffee yeah, the TV time. Dead right. Elvis uh, from my show. Oof. That would be uh, not tactful. Right. So no, we don't we don't we don't cross some of the lines. They're blurry. Right. Like that Robin Thick. Blurred lines. Yeah. Keep them blurred. <laughs> so from Lisa Marie, we also took off with uh, the Mavericks last year for a few. We actually played the Crystal Palace. Are you familiar? The Crystal Palace in Bakersfield. Oh, that Crystal Palace. That would be the uh, basically the Grand Old Opry this side yeah, of the Rockies. I'm aware, for some reason, my brain went to the C Crystal Cathedral, the big oh, televangelist place in Orange County. We drove yeah. by, and I yeah. said, isn't that Robert Schuller's choice? Exactly. Okay, yes, the Crystal Palace. Sorry, the Crystal yes. Palace yeah, famous. in Bakersfield. And, uh, and did a nice sold-out show there. I ended up on Eyewitness News, and I got a... We went a little... Uh, one of those threads went nuts. They put up a little piece where I disrobed on Morning Eyewitness News and got their... <laughs> Morning Eyewitness Nudes? Yes. Well, you I, disrobed? You've seen me, Judd. I don't care for the clothes much, and I only wear them when I have to. Uh, uh, well, let's let's, let's, fold it, uh, let's clear that up. Excuse okay. me. Uh, I, I've never seen you completely, Not completely in the raw, but yes, you're no. right. You prefer being shirtless when shirtless you're playing. And shorts and split-flops. Right, right. right. Very, you know, it's, it's a, a tropical vibe. It's a tropical yeah. vibe. So when I'm comfortable... The more comfortable I am, the less clothes I wear. <laughs> okay. Great. Okay. So, well, what does this say? You're wearing a long sleeve uh, shirt and full for pants right now. This is called. I got up this morning and I'm working for. Okay. So, it, and plus I have to be professional. This is. The you job seem comfortable in here. Why aren't you wearing less clothes? I don't know, Joseph. Don't give up. Here he goes. There, Lauren, look at that. There. See. Look at those abs. Huh? There he goes. Oh There's my God. Me. Now you can start to see the tattoos. You're gonna poke an eye out with those That's, pecs. Thank you. Well, what more can you say? <laughs> thank you, Lauren. <laughs> So this, we try not to be too distractive in the morning. Now you're taking me off a point, Judd. Where were we? <laughs> I have no idea. You were talking about the Deadlies oh. and how you went to the Crystal and Cathedral so we went to the Palace. Crystal Palace, and yes. we were on the Eyewitness News. Yeah. I did this thing where, oh, wait, you can't do Eyewitness News shirtless, and yes, I can, and I did, and they put a little video up, got over a million hits. So it was a good trip to Bakersfield. That was the moral of that story. Well, folks, I hope you'll uh, co-listen to this podcast when I post it because. Uh, if that relates to viewership, maybe it relates to listenership. Will you listen to this if he's nude? Because he's almost nude right now. I'm getting there. By the <laughs> okay. end of this show, we'll be peeling it off. Yeah. Naked Radio with Bob St. Laurent. First time, Lauren? <laughs> I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unless Sharpie doesn't mind. <laughs> Sharpie doesn't mind. He's far, far away. Yep. Our right. GM here at the station. Well, we've got a track, I think, queued up. These CD players are a little uh, iffy, but you want to you want to set up? We set up a track? Yeah, well, we've decided between Judd and I, this is one that you won't normally hear. You'll just hear it when you buy the album, um, which this one is uh, Rash, right? Uh, what's the name of this record? I'm on my other record. Oh, there it is. Hold on. 
You've got so it. I'm working on record number five right now, sing along with the Deadlies. But this is the Deadlies go to Nashville. Yeah. And if you look at the cover, that was actually shot in front of the Uptown Theater. Right here in Napa. And the back cover shot inside, inside of the of Uptown it. Theater. Where every seat. Yes. Is a great seat. That's look right. at you. So uh, we they put a little bonus track on here, and it's called uh, WFB mm-hmm. because uh, the inside skinny on this song is whenever. We have somebody come down and say, you're on. There's usually a five and then a three. But if they hit the five and no three, they'll come down and say, okay, you're on. And I'll go, cool. I got to pee. And then I, <laughs> I run because I always have to pee before I hit the stage. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I've, you don't want to have to go in the middle of the I, show. No. And I've done this for years. It's just part of my thing. Mm-hmm. So what Jimmy likes to do is if I'm taking a little too long, he plays this little song to entertain the crowd until I'm done peeing. Here we go. So I guess you got to go now, huh? That's it, man. Listen, I got to meet these girls down at the beach. Really? I'll see you there in 15. No. Finish up. You got okay. this. Yeah. It's always me. It is. Cleaning up. This is about me right now. You sound great. I'll see you at the beach. Nothing but love. Waiting for Bob. There you go, Jed. There's your inside track, your bonus track. <laughs> That's a nice one. So anytime you have to go pee, uh, people will now know. Oh, Bob's not here. He's yeah, playing that song before he hits the stage. And of course, um, the great Jim Lang. Jim Lang on of drums. Course. Nothing but love for Jim, boy. He was uh, an Napa fixture. Boy, yeah. When we played in town, did people light up for Jim? Jim was a was a was a cool character. You know, I knew him basically as your greatest promoter. Oh, yeah. He was the one that was hitting me up 
all the time, like, you've got to hire us. You've, he would drive over with a CD. He'd drive over just to talk. Like, when are you going to hire us? And in a nice way. I mean, I always liked seeing him. Well, he wasn't, like, an annoying guy. but uh, No, everybody but, loved But him. he did his job. So are you finding that um, you, you have as good promotion within the band as like, well, are what? you getting out and hustling gigs as hard as Jim ever did? Oh, no, I could never do that. Yeah. I mean, I talk on the air, so it's easier for me. Right. I can, I can do promo that way. But basically, Jimmy handles all the uh, media. You know, he handles most of the Twitter. And uh, I, I don't tweet. No. And the, and the other, the Foursquare, I don't do that one. The Instagram, yeah. I have an account. I can't figure out how to read it. <laughs> but uh, but the Facebook, I could do that a little. Yeah, you're good on Facebook. I'm, I'm pretty good at the Facebook. But no, I use the air, and then our newest member, whom have you met, Timber yet? I, I, I've, you know, I've met her. I haven't seen you guys play with her yet. I, you know, it was a certainly a shock, I think, to all of Napa and everybody who loves the Deadlies when Jimmy left us suddenly. It was so, and I'll actually share you a little bit of that with you, because we're in Napa, and, and some people might like to know. But yeah. literally, uh, day eleven, Jimmy and I've been, who were, we were in Hanalei. And it was a morning walk on the beach, 7 a.m. It was Jim's birthday. We were going to fly home oh, that that's afternoon. Right. That's right. The next day, we were playing uh, Taste of Yonville. That's right. You had to search for an emergency. That was immediately. And once again, Daryl, thank you. Uh, I had to call and a friend of Kelly's and, and everybody. So I had to, but we'll back it up just a hair. Yeah. So we were on the beach and we're walking and I go, hey, let's call Jim and sing him happy birthday. So we call on the phone. And start singing happy birthday, and it's his wife, Joan, mm. and uh, and uh, she's screaming, Jim's not here. Jim's not here. They were just taking him. He had a massive coronary. His heart had enlarged 50% larger than the average heart, which none of us knew. He hadn't, uh, the doctor hadn't said anything, hadn't found it, or else Jim kept it a big secret. Mm, mm. But he was thin, ate well, slept well, regular guy, never partied hard. Mm. You know, wasn't a partier, just a regular dude. It was just poof. So at that very moment, uh, I got off the phone and Jimmy's going, what? And it took us a while to under, he's not with us. He just took off and went to the other side, just like that. But at least, you know, on a, he went out on top. He went out with a television show. We gave him a couple records on the way. You know, he got yeah. to be a rock star on the way out. Yeah. His wife was proud. I mean, it was he he had a beautiful life. He really did. And boy, did he add and help us kick this thing into gear. Yeah, it seems like he was a big part of that. Grateful. I mean, he helped us push. We had it rolling with Jim. There was a few drummers before him, but once we had Jim, it yeah. took off. It got going. And so Jim got us going. And then you played that gig the next day. Called Daryl. I mean, you could have easily just said, look, we're not, we're not up for it. But I think it was for for Jim. It was for, because knowing Jim, you play that gig. He knew us, and and yeah. we and we both Jimmy and I knew Jim would say, Just "Go play the gig. Mm -hmm. We go to work. We don't miss gigs. Yeah. Figure it out." Call our friend <laughs> Daryl in Las Vegas. Figure it out. He's saying that from the other side. Yeah, figure it out. And uh -huh. so it was. I Daryl, do you have our record? He said, "Let me upload it." He jumped on an airplane and transposed it on the plane, the entire record. Where did he come in from? To Vegas. To sit he in. literally flew. I'm like, I'm in Hanalei. I'm flying into Oakland. Can you meet us up in Napa tonight or tomorrow morning? Mm -hmm. So I could probably be there in the morning. And so he, in in that amount of time, in less than 18 hours, he was on a stage with us and played an entire record. And then I had to host that well that day as well. Oh boy! And I was not in the mood. So big thanks to Cindy Saucerman who covered me big time on that as well. Yeah. We were all funky. 
but we sure. were trying to do the right thing. And what are you going to do? It was late minute, and Jim would have wanted it, so that's what we did. You figured it out. We figured it out, and now I know for a fact that Jim would love what we did yeah. with his position because think about it. It's almost impossible to to replace the man, especially in this town. So we tried out 19 drummers, 18 men, and one woman. Yeah, and that woman whooped them all. <laughs> Good and for to her. this day, I can get on a stage, and you will hear more cat calls for Timber than anybody else. It just they they cannot believe this woman plays like Keith Moon meets I don't know Travis Barker. I, I don't know how to explain it. She's a monster. You just and have to come see it. You, you got to come see it, and she can outdrive a truck. She can outdrive all of us in a truck. I mean, she's an amazing woman. She's she's got to be half dude, and I mean that in a loving way. But she can back up a sixty foot rig into a Seven Eleven and block Ocean Boulevard in L A. and not bat an eye. Where I'm thinking, I would never even try that move. Is she a truck driver? She is to me. Oh. She drives the rigs. <laughs> she last tour, she was all drive. Really? And I went. You know what? She's so good. Let her drive. Right on. And which takes away duties from the rest. Oh, uh, you lucked out. Yeah, That's so fantastic. everything worked out. Jim's in a better place. We got Timber in the seat, and everybody loves her. And actually, you know, the uh, debut of Creepy Coffee Movie Time, Saturday night. You can see Timber live on the television. Yeah, give the plug. And that's on uh, channel TV 20, 20, right? Coffee TV 20, yeah. uh, channel 13 on your Comcast. Okay. Every Saturday night, 11 to 1, please, please send the kids to bed. Yeah. Unless they're over 21, in which case, turn it up. And close your uh, blinds so that your neighbors don't see what you're watching. Yeah, you don't want that happening. And now, Deadly's live shows? Is there a calendar out there somewhere? There is a calendar. You can go to thedeadlies.com at any point and uh, and see what we're doing. I think our next big ones, uh, this weekend, we're at the Milk Bar in San Francisco. Of course, San Francisco is basically our home, so we play out there. Last week, we were playing with Boyster Colt mm-hmm. and Slam. Slam, nice yeah. sold-out show. Some of our friends from Napa made it out there. Thank you for that. And then uh, just go to deadlies.com. We're everywhere. I mean, we've got the TV show. Santana Row will be at Oxbow for Bike Fest. There's one in town. When's that one coming up? That's that always one. a fun Bike day. Bike Fest is April 27th. At the Oxbow Public at Market. At the Oxbow Public Napa. Market. So we're there, and then we've got some other bigger shows coming up here in town as well. We we got a little oversaturated. Thanks to everybody for we actually sold the uh, uptown out and went okay. That's good. Stop. <laughs> you oversaturation. You don't want to ruin it. So we're trying to tour. Yeah, you got to keep them wanting more, not overdo. Yeah, it. not over. You don't want to oversaturate. Plus, we've got some dates with Lisa. We've got seven coming up in uh, on the Gold Coast of Australia. So try and figure out how I do all this, Judd. Figure it I can't. out. Figure it out. I figure it out. Yeah. Just lean forward. Adventure Bob. Oh, that's a whole other chapter. Well, you got two minutes to tell really? me. Really? Well, three. Take three. Well, if you read, uh, well, I don't know. We can make that one light. Uh, Carrie Rule actually asked me if I wanted to, uh, because of my surfing adventures and all, and I'm always traveling surfing, if I wanted to write an adventure column. And at the time, I think I was helping uh, Napa Valley Adventure Tours and doing some guided tours with them mm-hmm. for fun, make a couple of bucks. Yeah. I was doing the riverboat tours. And then kayaks and taking the pathway guys out to do uh, geocaches. Love working with those guys. This so the veterans you're talking. The, the about. veterans, yep, up at pathway. So the guys with the PTSD, mm-hmm. take them out to play. Right. One of my favorite things to do. So I was doing all that. So I started writing about the different adventures that we do, and then became the adventure columnist for Napa Valley Life magazine, and started making up different uh, different tours. Took people out to uh, Tamales Bay for a shark night. Really? Where I took them all out in kayaks. We went camping on a private beach. Put all the gear in your kayaks. You're not coming back till tomorrow. <laughs> put them on a private beach. Built a fire. Put them back in their kayaks and took them out to the shark pit where I where all the sharks are. And then I get out of the kayak with my C8s 
and I just stand with everybody, you know, like in a flower, and I'm like the middle of the flower with the lights. Lauren, what's a C8? That's a oh, Lauren, you want to try it? It's I don't know. Light. I'm just going to ask him because I. It's an underwater flashlight. Ah, okay. It's very cool. Thank you. Yeah, actually, if you watch Into the Blue, they all use those. I was just oh, looking yeah. to you for into help. Blue, those oh, yeah. blue ones? Okay. That's, I have those. So you so go anyway. in with those. So I jump in the water at about chest deep, mm -hmm. and then I light the bottom up, which makes the sharks go, hey, what's that? Mm -hmm. And then they all come running in, and the people sit in their boats and get get freaked out while I'm standing with them going, they, don't worry about it. They don't, they don't really want to eat us. Does everybody think sharks want to eat us? It's one shark in a bad mood... Once in a like, you're more likely to be struck by lightning twice than you are to be bit by a shark once. Okay, they're always in the water, but it just made for uh, made for quite the exciting tour because I think one night I had about nine sharks. Wow! And they bump off me and stuff. Here's the rule: I'll give you the standard rule, Judd. Go for it. If their mouth is in the front, mm -hmm. like a great white, like yeah. your teeth come out in the front, right? Bad. If it's a trap mouth, the right. one on the bottom, yes. those are fine. And that's what they have got. to roll upside down to bite you. Mm -hmm. So those are the ones I play with. Okay. But I'll stand in the water with. Right. The whites and the lemons are a little frisky. Makos are way frisky. And those bull sharks, I don't play with them. That's the only shark I won't play with. No, no. The great white, I'll, I'll grab his dorsal. But You've done that? Yeah. No. No. No, no, not yet. We went out, and, and there wasn't any, but I've got friends who have done it. They keep wanting to take me out, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's just say my significant other would rather I not go ride great whites. The morning. great shark hunter. Yeah. You mentioned the guys from Pathway. I know that's a favorite charity of yours, and you are a big supporter of many of our community organizations. You MC events. The Deadlies play for some of these charitable shows. What are some of your other? I know the Humane Society. We big do for anything you. basically because we're our schedule is so full. We pick two yeah. that 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 touch us all. Number one is cancer. Because mm -hmm. you know, I've had it in my family. I lost my dad. I've been through the whole thing. So anything I can do that's cancer, right. I'm in. And the other one, of course, is fur babies because I love my fur babies. Yeah. So anything that's I nice. can do to help us. So every adoptable pet thing. And, of course, we do a segment every week on the show. But anything for pets, deadlies are in. Right on. Cancer or pets. And then, of course, pathway guys. Anything to do with servicemen who went out and whooped some ass so I didn't have to when I was a kid, I owe them a hug and, and an adventure for a day. Whatever you can do. Whatever I can do to help those guys, because they kept me and you and a lot of us. Absolutely. I mean, if they didn't go, there would be a draft. Think about it. I understand. If people didn't raise their hand, they'd be picking us. And people like you and I maybe aren't cut to like go out and be superhero Guys with guns and 60 pounds on your back and crawling around the dirt for two weeks with people trying to kill you. So I have nothing but love. You'd I be on the not voice give of back enough. You are certainly an adventurous fella. But do you go nuts for donuts? I do. I do well, like, he's bringing do a like pink box to you right now, Bob. Oh, my gosh. Look at you. Really? You had donuts? All right. So there? pick one of those donuts. We've got a beautiful selection from our own buttercream bakery here in Napa. Hey man, I'm picking the pink one. Just oh, for good. You. The first time. in the history. We've been on the air almost a, a year now. You're the first one to take the pink glaze. I like What does pink, that say yeah. about you? I like pink. It means that you are in touch with your pink side. I, I am fully... Uh, I am fully in charge of my masculinity 24-7. All right. That's pink. a pink glazed raised donut. Bob, what are you... You can choose. What actually? I was going to say, eat or drink. What, what bass riff are you busting out that goes with a pink glazed donut? Just, just hum it right there into the into the mic. Boom, 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 boom. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Fabulous. Now it's time to play everybody's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Oh man, this is Mad Libs. That's right, Lauren Mole. It's time to play Mad Libs or a Mad Libs style fill in the blank word game. 
with Bob St. Laurent. Bob, you know how this works. Fill in the blanks. First, yeah, take a bite of that donut. First thing I'm going to need is a geographic location. Halava Valley. Halava Valley. That in Molokai. Is, yeah. Halava Valley on Molokai. I'm going to write Molokai's Halava Valley. Okay. A number, any number. 137,002. Wow, 137,000. You're quick. Okay. An adjective, a descriptor of some sort. Intense. Oh, intense. A plural noun. Hot chicks? Does that work? <laughs> That's a plural noun. There you go, Bob. Thank you, Lauren. Another plural noun. Uh, well-kept? Well, that would be an adjective. That'd be an adjective. Oh, a plural noun. A plural noun. More hot chicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But funny you should mention. That's, that's great. But funny you should mention. I do need another adjective. Should we go with well-kempt? Well-kempt is good. Okay. Well, Bob, since I wasn't able to find any biographical information about you in my research, I was able to find some about your beloved band, The Deadlies. Oh. And you've just rewritten some of that right now. Are you ready? Yes, you are. Here we go. Have a bite of donut. <clears throat> yeah. The Deadlies are an entirely new type of surf band, paying homage to the Ventures, Dick Dale, and the Chantays, as well as Molokai's Halava Valley honky-tonk sound of Buck Owens and Dwight Yoakam. The, his mouth is full. He's laughing, but his mouth is full I of donuts. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Great. Keep the, going. The Deadlies are the house band on Bay Area TV 20's Creepy Coffee Movie Time, now in its 137,002nd season. Mm. Man, you got some longevity there. That's correct, sir. The Deadlies are officially the intense house band at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom Vallejo, where they perform for special hot chicks. Yes, we do. Yeah. And more hot chicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. The Deadlies have been dubbed NorCal, NorCal's most well-kempt surf band, which I doubt very much. I don't know. You can see it pretty well. But Ladies like and gentlemen, game, you can hear Bob St. Laurent every morning on KVYN and playing with the Deadlies. Thanks very much for joining us. This is Lauren Mall speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gillamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show. A good looking bar. You want to harmonize, Jed? Oh. <laughs> okay, I think we're warmed up. Good. Bob. Good morning, Jed. Good morning, Bob. More people should say that. They that's really a, should. I try and get everyone to say it. That's a catchy name. You can have that. Good morning, Bob. I can keep that? Sure, man. That's my you gift to you. I'm going to make a t shirt. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Bob. And I will wear it proudly with a bright sunshine. And I'm going to get one that says, I'm with Good Morning good Bob. Good morning, with Bob. With an arrow, and we'll walk around together. It must be Valentine's Day. I'm feeling the love in here. It is. You know, we recorded our live show a few days ago on Tuesday. And that was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but we both had to split right after. We're very busy men. Oh, we are. But we had promised to come back and do some exclusive podcast content about your story working with Rick James. You, you mentioned there's more you wanted to tell, maybe not appropriate for broadcast radio, but I said, let's, let's put it on the podcast. So we're a few days later. It is Valentine's Day. Uh, I'm not going to ask you what you're up to, but you have that gleam in your eyes, so I'm sure something's up for later. Well, I've I've got plans, Judd. You got something cooking, but let's let's turn your thoughts back now. Where what, what era are we? This is like circa 1980, 87, 88. Oh, late 80s. Okay, late 80s, 87, I think. Okay, somewhere around there. It's a hard time to remember, Judd. 
Well, let's hear why that is. Well, okay, as everybody knows that Rick had a problem with the uh, with the powders. Yes, there's a distraction through the window. This happens to me, Judd. I appreciate the female. So, as oh, you oh, do too. See, you know now, oh. But she's behind me. I couldn't see, see that. You didn't see that, did you? I, now I, you're wondering what keeps distracting me. I was just looking to make sure we're recording. Okay. See what I mean? But yeah, we are looking into it's the KVON studio day. where we normally sit. But today, I'm in your chair on the KVYN studio playing... Bob. That is, and it's perfect because I'm in the fun chair. I love that was what was so great about our last interview. I like being in the fun chair. All right. Well, so here's the deal. Yeah. He, there was a lot of the drug abuse back then. And of course, I mean, everybody from Johnny Carson to Eddie Murphy. I mean, we all kinda, go ahead and name names. It's okay. Okay. Danny Terrio, <laughs> that guy had some fun with him. Listen, everybody would come over. We're living at the Chateau Maman, yeah. and it would be, you know, every day things we had a chef his name was moses he was six seven yeah. and he was a fantastic chef best best chicken i ever had and moses this was, was your private chef for the rick james, for the rick james crew. entourage right and okay. he was also our head of security which oh. works out you know really well it's good with knives because he's always with us mm -hmm. and which means we're always safe and we can always eat good and then on payday which was uh fridays moses would walk around with um money satchels like real like like a satchel, like cowboy days, right? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if there was 20000 in one and 20000 in the other bag or whatever, but you were paid on your attitude. And it also had to do with Rick's attitude during the pay. Really? So he would walk next to next to Moses and then uh -huh. go, just give the kid 800 bucks. Just give the kid 600 bucks. And I go, what, what happened to my $1,400? What it was on a floating scale every week, but it was cash. So working with him, you never knew what you were going to make. No, the only thing I knew was through Stone City, I got three fifty a week for um, writing whatever the small because I was writing for the Mary Jane Girls, mm -hmm. doing some side stuff with some other projects he had, and then so I got a I had a retainer of three fifty a week. Okay, was which was nothing, right. mean, you know. But so then there was the they don't keeping the sables and the uh, and the silver clouds in three fifty a week. Well, no, that see that's what came into play was not only did I get that, then if I can catch Rick high enough, I could go into his room and go, hey, cool if I grab a jacket, or else he'd say, run down to Pink's, and I go, cool, can I take the silver cloud? Of course, grab a coat because <laughs> he knew all you got to do is give me one of the sables and the silver cloud, and I'll go around to Pink's. I am envisioning you in the sable, in the silver cloud. Rolling up to Pink's, the famous hot dog stand. Right. Convertible yellow. <laughs> Convertible yellow. <laughs> so it stuck out just a little bit. Oh, man. And, and you can't, like, spill. These are famous chili dogs. You can't be spilling chili. No, you don't want to eat. You don't eat the chili dogs in the car or okay. with the coat yeah. on. <laughs> no, no, no. I knew better. No, no, no. I'd be going to the straight to the dry cleaners before Rick ever saw it again. All right. But as, as time went on, because we all lived there. It was like the whole, we had the whole Chateau Maman, like, on top. We had all the bungalows. And... Rick started dating Linda Blair. Oh, wow. I say dating loosely because Rick didn't really date anybody, but he got attached to Linda Blair for a while. No kidding. And and I recall one morning going in there after, oh, I don't know, they'd been in there for a few days, mm -hmm. and uh, Rick would camp out in his bathroom a lot. Moses would go in there and cook for him, too, you know, in quotations. Oh, and boy. So he wouldn't have to leave, right? I went in one morning to go, and I, I needed to ask Rick something, and I look over, and there is Linda Blair in his bed. Mm-hmm. And she looks as scary as any scene in The Exorcist. Really? Just haggard. Oof. Just tore up. You know, the drugs, the rage. Been up for days and mm. hanging with Rick, doing whatever. And, and I was trying to talk to him. Go, you have your choice, dude. What do you? That is not cool. I mean, this is this was not attractive at all. 
And it was, he just would kind of, he lived in another dimension. And the other thing, and of course, the, the end of the story was I was fired. And I'll maybe tell you about how that happened. But every day at 4 o'clock. You're fired for coming into the room with Linda? No, Blair? no, no. No, I'll, okay, I'll tell you about that. But let me first all right, let me all right, this. Every day at 4 o'clock, Rick had a meeting. And it was called The Plight of the Black. 4 p.m. over at his bungalow. And I was never allowed. And I'll, but I'm with the band. And it was, no, it's, it's The Plight of the Black. I don't care. Well, I just want to know what you guys are talking about. I was always banned from this meeting. One day he let me sit in on the meeting, and directly following it was a press conference, um, something about the Mary Jane girls, and I'd written one of these songs for them or co-written, and he uh, had he had mentioned to the press that it had a Go-Go's groove, which I found quite insulting at that time, and I didn't have a filter, thus I explained my, uh, I, I shared my opinion oh. of, that it doesn't sound anything like the Go-Go's with a bunch of colorful stuff around it. To which got me removed from the room. No more press conferences for you. Right, Bob's out. I'm out because I can't be quiet. And then it was his birthday party. Okay, so here we go. This I'll tell you how we got fired. All right, this so, is why we're here today. This is let's it. hear the story. Okay, so the birthday party begins and the guests start showing up. and And my uh, girlfriend at the time was uh, one of the Mary Jane girls. And the deal was I was banned from the party, but she oh. could go. And I'm looking over the fence. And I can see her hanging out with Rod Stewart. And she's just all gaga on him. And I'm like, get off of Rod Stewart. Well, I, too, was indulging at the time. So I took my crazy self and went around the front and made it into the party. And I'm heading right at Rod Stewart. And then I get the lift up. Whoa, nope, 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 nope. And the carry back out. And you have to stay in your bungalow. So now I'm completely banned from leaving my bungalow. Is this Moses picking you Moses up? Moses picked me up. He didn't hurt me. or He just picked me up, carried mm-hmm. me back. Where are you going? I was a little skinny then. So <laughs> I didn't have much fight in me. So I was, okay, 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 go back. So you have to stay here. So I watched the party continue to go off. Tried to get some of it to move to my place. Well, after a certain amount of time, I decide... I don't like Rick anymore. I'm taking the car. So I take the driver, or I tell the driver, put my stuffed Jaguar on the, tr- on the seat and grab my luggage. And I get into the car, and I have him drive. He goes, where do you want to go? I go, just drive around Hollywood. So I went to Tower Records, bought every Ozzy Osbourne tape, which is odd being that I was playing with Rick James. <laughs> and I listened to Ozzy for about six hours and then had him take me to the airport. Had a friend of mine. So I got on a plane, flew back up to the Bay Area, had a friend of mine that was a sheriff. Take me uh, to my house in yeah. San Anselmo, where it just so happened that Rick's 4001 Rickenbacker that was on the cover of Street Songs, the white one, where he's leaning up against the pole in his red boots. Yeah. That bass was at my house. Really? So what I did was I went down the street and traded it for a small commodity, and the um, commodity broker was saying, oh, I'll give you much, much more than that for this. And I said, no, yeah. no, no, I'm making a point. Really? So I traded it for a very small amount of a certain commodity, <laughs> then called Rick from my house and went, hey, Rick, listen to this. <laughs> that was your 4,001. Really? And then he just went ballistic. Dodge it! Dodge it! You're fired! That was the end of that. Wow. Bye, Rick. So uh, that was the end of Stone City, Motown. He, he was going to dirt me, and I was like, it's Motown. I actually want to work on Capitol, so you can't really hurt me. So from there, I bounced over to Capitol, and, uh, and the rest is history. Oh man, did you ever run into him again? He uh, no, but he did call my mom. Called and, your uh, mom? No, my mom. No, my mom called him. My mom <laughs> oh, called I gotta, Rick. I got to hear this. No, my mom. 
<laughs> is there a recording actually, of this yeah, conversation? Yeah, no, I swear. There's, my mom called Rick. He'd actually sent her an 8x10. So my mom was in the program. You know, she was in AA, and he'd sent, while he was high, he sent her an 8x10 that said, stay on the wagon, Mom, <laughs> Mama, or something. And then she's got this picture, and she hadn't heard from me, and she calls, where's my son? Uh, he stole my car and took off or this and that. And the two of them got into a fight. And wow. ended up calling each other names. And then it was like, so he got in a fight with my mom the day after I got fired. It just became just a big old mess. Man. And I'm like, Mom, don't fight with Rick. I, I can't, you know. But that was the end of it, so we didn't have to. We didn't have to deal with Rick anymore. I guess not. And then a few years later, he got caught for his shenanigans and, uh, you know, had to go pay the price. But he was what you might say. He was, he was a creative artist, and he was, he was really, really good. And there were times he actually had humility where he said, I'm not a great singer. I'm a sound. Yeah. Things like that resonate with me. But he was kind of a jerk. Bottom line, the guy was kind of a jerk. He was mean to girls. He was, he was constantly high, and he just wasn't right in his mind. What did you get out of it, though? Did you, did you find anything working in that environment that at least you could, you could glean, you could take with you to kind of further your musical or creative career? Absolutely. Stay grounded. Yeah. Stop thinking you're something you're not. Stop trying to, like, hang out with people you're not. Mm -hmm. And I came home to, uh, to uh, you know, Jimmy, uh, James Patrick Regan of the Deadlies now. And so Jimmy and I off and on for 30 years. Right. And it was, okay, I'm not going to run it. Because I left, I literally left a St. Laurent gig where we were opening a day on the green mm. to get signed with, with Motown. Oh. And I don't know if Jimmy's forgiven me to this day. I believe he has by now. This decades have gone by. But I threw a huge gig to go down and be a poser. So what no I learned kidding. was be happy with what you got and, and don't just give it up. Just work hard, and that's what works. Not the easy route. The easy route will last for a second. But mm -hmm. if you just keep working hard, keep doing your music and what's authentic to you, in the end, it'll all work out, and you end up with a television show and a bunch of albums and a radio show and... Life is good. Hell of a story to tell. And one heck of a story. <laughs> Lots of stories. I think we're only scratching the surface here, but we'll keep it at that for today. We can keep it on the Rick James stories, and another day maybe you can ask me about someone else. Yeah, we'll be back. There's no question about it. I mean, I, I, I see all the time around the station. One of these days, I'm just going to pull you into the studio again. It's like, Bob, another story. Let's, Let's have it. Let's go. I'm here for you, Judd. And I love your show. And by the way, your bit at the end of the show, I really, really want to plagiarize that bad. I got to get your notes and figure out how I'm going to steal it and just twist it a little so it's mine. All right. And I'm glad we recorded that. So when this ends up in litigation, you know, you've just told me. I just said it out loud. I am plagiarizing <laughs> Judd's writing material. And I'm sure I stole it from someone else. So, you know, we'll just pay it forward. It's America. That's right. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Judd. Thanks for digging another Judd's Napa Valley show with Vintner Judd Finkelstein.